Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Baseball Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I am Bird. The wait is finally over. You can listen to me anymore. You can say hello to Jake Simone. Jake, how are you, sir? Doing well, man. We got, we got football on Thursday, the Hall of Fame game. Can't believe it. Hard knocks next week. And we're under a month away from, are we? What's today? No, we're not. Today's, today's the 31st. We're about like, what, 40 days away from kickoff? So Sunday, yesterday was six day, was six weeks away from the first Red Zone Sunday. Yeah, I can't wait. I, I just, just. It made me stare at the TV all day with just my eyeballs just burning into the screen. I can't wait. Yeah, right. Yeah, I legitimately either. cannot wait. It's 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 the best. It's the best. There is no better day in the in the first red zone of the year. It's amazing because yeah, you remember you remember how great football is at about we'll say one forty five. You remember how great it is, and then by ten thirty eleven o'clock, you're like, oh my god, I just watched nine hours of football. What is wrong with my life? <laughs> yeah it's awesome makes the weeks go by faster too but but we are also if you're also counting it we're five weeks away from college football because college yeah. football always starts the week before kind of like fugazi though college football like college football yeah, doesn't really get have, good like all, yeah you have all the, the non-conference shit yeah. that, that, that starts up but you always have you always have a fucking banger the first uh the first saturday night the first saturday night game on espn is always it's that always good, good stuff. Yeah. What's crazy, too, is I, I totally forgot this before we get to uh, news and notes and uh, what we're doing today. I didn't realize that uh, ESPN got the SEC. No, I didn't realize that either until like fair, I, fairly recently, too. SEC, SEC is on ESPN now, and then the Big Ten is on CBS. Yeah. And then the ACC is still on Channel 4, I think. Uh, NBC still has still has the, still has Notre Dame. They're always gonna have Notre Dame. Always gonna have Notre Dame. Which, yeah. which you know, it, it, it is what it is. Nah, Whatever. Better, and I think the Big now. Twelve and the Big Twelve is on Fox. The Big Twelve and the Pac Twelve probably. Yeah. AKA, AKA, if you want to see some, if you want to see some points, and then maybe tune in for the occasional uh, Oklahoma. Well, no, I mean. Are Oklahoma did Oklahoma make the move to the SEC yet? No, not yet. That's, that's going to be yet. about okay, so a year. You'll, get, you'll still have your Red River game. So then that'll yeah. be that'll be yeah that'll be that. But we're almost there. We're almost there. Thank goodness. So we have some news and notes that we are going to go through. Something something pretty seismic happened over the weekend. We're going to talk about that. And then what we are going to be doing is, you know, we love lists here on this podcast. Lists are just absolutely fantastic. Uh, Jake has five. I have five. That makes 10. We are going to be giving you your top 10 fantasy ceilings this season. So, uh, like I said, Jake picked five guys. I picked five guys. And we are going to go through them to give you a top 10 list of players who have the highest ceilings for the 2023 season. So, uh, quick news and notes. Ezekiel Elliott did visit the Patriots, but he left without a contract. Uh, let's see. I know there's something else that I want to talk about. Oh yeah. The, the, the injuries. Holy shit. Uh, Garrett Wilson left Jets practice on Thursday with an ankle injury as NFL Twitter kind of collectively held their breath. It is just a low ankle sprain. 
he should be fine. Probably going to be out for a couple of weeks, Jake. I I, I would imagine. I, I have not heard. Yeah, probably won't play in the preseason. A couple of weeks, I would imagine. Yeah, he's not going to. I don't. I doubt he's going to play in the preseason at all. Which is fine. Well, yeah, is fine. You know what? Whatever. And then maybe the one where literally everyone held their collective breaths. Joe Burrow with <laughs> there's just the sheer calamity of it all, myself included, because I took part in this. People were like, uh, what do you do with Jamar Chase? What do you do with T. Higgins? What do you do with any of the Cincinnati Bengals when Joe Burrow was carted off the field, which turned out to just be a calf strain? He's gonna he's gonna be all right. But just any any sort of sign where you bring a cart into the mix is is never good. Is never it good. just sounds and- scary. It sounds scary. But honestly, I kind of knew that it was going to be – I think I was the only person in America that really wasn't worried. I mean, if it was really like a torn Achilles, you would have seen a much bigger reaction out of people than that. Like Correct. Including Correct. Burrow himself. So I, I, wasn't, my, I wasn't too worried. I it's it's my hot breath. out. But people don't realize, like, it's hot out there, man, when they're practicing. Yeah. Like, if you, if, you're not fl- if you don't have enough fluids in you, you don't stretch properly, like, you're going to get hurt. Sure. Sure. And we all held our collective breath. But again, once I saw the video, I kind of knew it was like, all right, he, he seems he seems OK. It was it wasn't like, you know, it was a cut or anything where, you know, the leg just sort of gave out. Uh, but. Joe Burrow looks to be all right. Uh, no changes of the guard for Cincinnati. Thank goodness. We love old blue eyes. All right. Let's talk about maybe the two biggest stories of the weekend. Let's start with. The Seattle running backs. Kenneth Walker suffered a groin injury. He could be out a while, according to a head coach, Pete Carroll, which immediately people were saying, oh, this could be a good, good opportunity for Zach Charbonnet, who was also out indefinitely with a shoulder injury. So, Jake, what the hell do you do with the Seattle Seahawks running backs? <laughs> I don't know, honestly. Like, <laughs> you're not drafting anybody after Zach Charbonnet. Maybe nope. they bring in like a, a body of sorts. I don't know, but I, I, I still. It sounds like Walker will be back before Charbonnet because I feel like Walker they kind of gave uh, an estimated time of return, whereas with Charbonnet they were like, yeah, he's out till whenever. And he's a rookie too, so a rookie being out isn't necessarily the best for the season because they're. Already an experience, so I think this actually helps Kenneth Walker in a way, even though he is hurt himself. See now, this 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 is where I spin it on you for a second, because you are the king of even before me, you are the king of if you're hurt before the season even begins, why am I paying attention to you? So does this does this change your interest at all in? Kenneth Walker in terms of his fantasy prospects. Well, let me defer to the ranks. Oh, oh ladies and gentlemen, he's got his ranks. He's got I, his I ranks. I currently have Kenneth Walker as my RB sixteen. Uh, Could okay. I? That, that, that's relatively modest, I would say. I don't think that's too high or too low. I have him at fourteen. Yeah. So, and I, and I think I've talked Kenneth Walker up more than I think I've defended Kenneth Walker more on this program. You have. So I, I just don't really see myself moving like guys I have behind him. I have like Aaron Jones behind him, Jameer Gibbs, Miles Sanders. 
I don't see myself moving them ahead of him if he's available for week one. But if I'm like, because like the guys ahead of him, I would still relatively take ahead of him, like Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, et cetera. I would, it, it, the close call wouldn't be as close between the guys I have ahead of him. Like I wouldn't think twice now. So you do have Najee ahead of Kenneth Walker by one by one. Okay. Because I have, I have Najee at 16 behind Madison. And now I'm considering moving Madison up one and then moving Harris up one, but not putting my RB 17 is Dobbins. I, I have uh Madison at RB 14 or whatever. That's where Madison would, would end up is that yeah. Walker would drop to 16 Madison would go to 14. Harris would go to 15. And I can't see myself moving Madison up either. I think that's pretty much, I can only see myself moving him down if I were to move him. Agreed. Agreed. I can't, I can't see him. I can't see Madison ahead of ETN, ahead of Mixon, ahead of Brees Hall, who we'll get to Brees Hall also in a minute. Um, Kenneth Walker's going to take a hit. He's definitely yeah. going to take a hit. And for anybody that's drafting, you know, within if you're drafting early and you're drafting within the next couple of weeks, you know, before preseason, you know, is kind of like done and dusted. Yeah. I, and honestly, I'd probably just say, you know what, if 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 Kenneth Walker gets to a point where it's stupid, if you don't take him, of course you take him. But you're probably better off. Like, I'm just, I'm just looking at my overall. You, you don't want to draft him at the ADP if he's if, no. if he's still not practicing by the time your draft is. You probably don't want to risk it and draft him as ADP, but if he falls because of it, fine, definitely worth the flyer. Um, but at the current price, I think I would be out if my draft were today. I have him at twenty eighth overall, so he's in the middle of he's in the top end of the third round in twelve team leagues. Right? Yeah. I I can't take him at that price now. Now no. that I know that there's the potential that he misses week one, I I can't do it. No, you 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 can't justify that investment. Now, if he if I were to be taking him, say at say at the three four turn at thirty six, yeah, I would consider it. Yeah, I, I would say it's the fringe top forty ish. That's pretty much stupid if you don't take him there. Agreed, uh, absolutely agreed. Uh, Charbonnet, I know you're not you weren't really in on the whole Charbonnet thing anyway. I'm not either. To be a- fair, and now even more so. Right. And now now I'm just completely just done with that. I have Charbonnet, if I could find him in the ranks very quickly before it becomes nauseating. I have him at 122nd overall. He's probably now at around like 130, 135. I'll probably bump him down a little bit. But I never was going to be in a position where I was going to end up taking him anyway. So... Basically now we're just we're just kind of we're just kind of like eh, that's it you know we're not we're kind of out at price on the uh, yeah. Seahawks Seahawks running backs you, you don't want to buy the stock at the normal price here right exactly yeah the Jets let's look at the New York Jets Dalvin Cook there are heavy links surrounding the Jets yeah. and, and Dalvin Cook I'm not going to say a word on this I'll provide the fantasy input after after but Jake. Just your raw thoughts, fantasy or not, about <laughs> Dalvin Cook. I don't. I don't think he's coming here. Believe it or not, I don't think so. I, I would be. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't come here. I think a lot of people are assuming that this is like a done deal already. I don't 
I don't get that sense. I think he honestly, and I wouldn't be shocked if he just used the Jets and that whole media tour to just get more money from where he just wanted to go, which was the Miami Dolphins, his home state of Florida, because left with that a deal kind of like he just went on this weird like media tour, right? I feel like yeah. the last couple of days or so. Very strange. But as a Jets fan, sure, I would love that. As a Brees Hall fantasy manager, not so much. But I would say if if you are a, a fantasy player and you do want stock in the Jets offense, I think Cook would be a good guy to draft and then sell high because I think he'll get the bulk of the carries earlier in the season. And then once Hall is either activated from the pup list or gets his legs back under him where he's looking like the Brees Hall we all knew and loved from last year, he could potentially be a very big league winner for people that are buying the stock at their lowest because you could be struggling and you have Brees Hall and you need guys that will help you now and he's just not quite back yet or just not getting not really getting the work rather than not looking good because I think he'll look fine, but they probably want to play cautiously with a guy that important to the franchise. So me personally, I'm not really investing in either. I just It's not for me. I'm not in that whole, like, let's wait. I'm not in that, that you know, that Dalvin Cook where maybe I hang on too long. I don't want to have to deal with the headache or find out for myself. What I could see myself doing is buying Hall before, like, the trading deadline to really make a run at the fantasy championship. That's the only thing I could see myself doing. Couldn't say it much, much better myself. I, I, I did my preliminary just sort of, you know, what if were to happen. If Dalvin Cook were to sign with the New York Jets, Dalvin Cook would be my RB27 in full-point PPR. Brees Hall would then go to my RB19. He would be right behind Jameer Gibbs, Miles Sanders, and J.K. Dobbins for me. Um, Just for our dynasty players, Jake, if Dalvin Cook does go to the Jets, would that impact Brees Hall's dynasty stock for you? He would become a very good buy low in dynasty right now because I think this would probably be the lowest you could buy the stock instead of maybe last year when he actually tore his ACL. Um, Kind of like a last chance, like by now. Um, Dynasty startup players are in a weird position with Brees Hall. If you want to just play for the future, um, sure, I could justify a Brees Hall selection. But if you are trying to really win your league early and often, not really sure he's the best choice there for me. So nice buy low. So you you beat me to the punch. Good call. Um, would you take Brees Hall in? Say you you say you are in a, in a startup. Is Brees Hall still a first round pick if Dalvin Cook signs with the Jets? Yeah, I I still think he's a first round pick. Maybe a little bit of a later first round pick, but like, yeah, I I still think he's a first round pick. I mean, the guy's what like twenty two, yeah. twenty three. That that's uh, still relatively young. Playing for the first contract too. Very quickly, Brees Hall or Jalen Waddle in a startup with Dalvin Cook there. I I would still take Hall. Hall or McCaffrey? I'll go Hall. Hall or Amon or St. Brown? I would take St. Brown. Hall or Chris Olave? That's close. I'd probably go Olave. I, I tend to lean towards the receivers, especially in Dynasty. Yeah. Um, Because the shelf life is just bigger. I just, Waddle's interesting because the whole Tua thing is uncertain. Waddle's never been the most, like, he's always got some type of soft tissue injury. I don't really know how long of a career he'll have. And also there's Tyree Kill. I don't really love taking wide receiver twos in Dynasty. Neither do I. That early in the draft. Why I try and stay away from T. Higgins, Jalen Waddle, that sort Yeah, of Higgins deal. is interesting for this year only because he's just, he's not going to be in Cincinnati anymore after this year. There's no way they're going right. to be able to pay him. De- Devonta Smith. Devonta Smith, another one. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's another guy that I tend to stay away from in full. He's a little bit more interesting and exciting, but in half, eh. I'll, I'll give you one more, uh, Brees Hall or AJ Brown. AJ, AJ quite comfortably. Okay. And then finally, let's talk about Jonathan Taylor. The news dropped (laughs) over the weekend that Jonathan Taylor has requested a trade out of Indianapolis had his meeting with Jim Irsay, did not go well. He wants to be paid very clearly, and it's just now turning into a very, very messy situation. Fixable, I believe. I think this is very fixable as long as you pay Jonathan yeah. Taylor. But yeah, not the playing, numbers not that I'm hearing Jonathan that he Taylor. wants, it's unreal. He wants someone to make fifteen, sixteen million a year. That's just that's absurd. That's absurd. I think the only there's like a maybe three running backs in the league that I think warrant that type of. Uh, cap hit he's but not and, and yeah no he's not one of them and also he's not going to help himself by not playing either so i don't i, I don't think that's something we're about but guess what i'm not interested <laughs> regardless like i'm not interested i'm not here to find out about that in the first round of my fantasy draft it's not like he's the, the running back for a high-powered offense here like the chiefs or somebody like that like this is the colts are the colts going to score a lot of points this year uh, they're lucky if they score 30 touchdowns quite honestly that's that's what i'm saying like it's there's not a lot to love here and you know maybe if we were talking about like a third round fantasy selection okay fine he's a talented player but in the first half of my fantasy draft in the first round that's who i want to like you need a slam dunk in my opinion and that's that's not a slam dunk that's far from it and and he was hurt and he's also coming back from an ankle injury too and there's reported back stiffness too nope no i would tell all fantasy managers stay away let somebody else deal with it. So Jonathan Taylor before this, and I haven't updated my ranks uh, yet. He was my 10th overall player. That's not going to stick anymore. Yeah, he, he was my RB6. I, I think I don't really know how much lower I could rank him. Um, He would still well, be Well, he's my now going to be 10. below Chubb for me. Well, Chubb's ahead of him already for me right now. Okay, and he'll he'll be... He'll be behind Derrick Henry, and now it's you know talking about Jonathan Taylor and comparing him to the likes of Tony Pollard, Josh Jacobs, and Ramondre Stevenson for me. Yeah, I, I like I do like Taylor more than Stevenson and, and Josh Jacobs. Still, I do too. I do but too. Again, would, I don't want any of them. So it, it would be between Pollard and Taylor. And honestly, with this, I probably would say Pollard. I would too. Well, I think Pollard's on the list for today too. So I don't want to. He is. Is he? He is. Yeah. Okay. So I guess we'll we'll save that for uh hope. I don't know if we're transitioning, but but yeah, you get the drift. Uh, transition. So we we can um we can go through uh this list, but uh, just very quickly for startup. Jake, are you touching Jonathan Taylor? No. What if you're What if you're trying to draft young, and just is taking he... taking a wing year? He's not really that young, like right? No, he's not. No, he no. is. Tw- he's twenty-four. Eh, it's not really old, but it's not old, but it's not. It's not young. I, I, look, man, you you want to get off on the right foot, and you want some sure things, especially in a team that you're going to have forever. It's not like you can make a mistake this year and then say never again. Yep. But I would I would stay clear of him in all formats. Uh, I I would as well. What would you if you, would you look to buy Jonathan Taylor if it's no. really low? If it's really low, it's another thing, but pro- chances are that fantasy manager is not looking to just sell him low for what they invested in. 
what if you're what if you're the Jonathan Taylor manager and someone offers you a second round pick and say Miles Sanders? No, I wouldn't do it. It's not worth it. Say a low end a low end first round pick and J.K. Dobbins. I still wouldn't do it. Dobbins cannot stay healthy. A low end first round pick and Najee Harris. Uh, that I would consider, but Najee's another one. Like with the knees, didn't look good last year. I would still probably ride it out with Jonathan Taylor. A high end second round pick and Joe Mixon. Wouldn't do it. I mean, Mixon's twenty eight, and he this could be it for him. Actually, no, he he's going to be back in Cincinnati next yep. year. Yep, he restructured his deal. Yeah, shit. I think I would do that one then. Okay. I mean, is the Bengals RB one? I mean. I think Joe Mixon's getting some unnecessary slander here. By I'll, the give, fantasy I'll, give, community. I'll give you one more here. Uh, a mid-second round pick in Travis Etienne. Yeah, that I do. And I'll, did not even, I wouldn't think twice about that. Okay. Uh, is there anything else that I wanted to? No, there's not. All right. So let's get into the uh, top tens. And so, of course, like I said before, I have five guys. Jake has five guys. We put them into a list. And we have our top 10 for our highest ceilings for fantasy in 2023. So I'll start it off with the uh, number 10 on the list, Deshaun Watson. We've seen Deshaun Watson be incredible in the past. This dude is a consistent top five fantasy quarterback. Obviously, he did not play for a considerably long time before he came back last year for the Cleveland Browns. New system, new offense, new surroundings, new environment, and the fact that he hadn't played football in a Really long time. There's going to be rust that is shown for sure, and there was a ton of it. But this year, fresh start, clean slate. He's going to go through an entire training camp. He'll go through practices. He'll go through the weeks before games. I'm loving Deshaun Watson as a major monster bounce-back candidate with the potential that he finishes once again like he's done for every complete season of his career, finishes as a top-five fantasy quarterback. The guy is just a fantasy monster when he's on. And are there questions about whether or not he still is Deshaun Watson? Sure. Absolutely. But the conditions and what they are doing in Cleveland with acquiring Elijah Moore, having Amari Cooper there, having David Njoku there, still having Nick Chubb there, who I think is going to contribute a bit more in the passing game this year as well. Uh, the conditions are all there for Deshaun Watson. And you have to consider also, the guy's going to use his legs more this year. He's going to probably have to. And whatever he gives you on the ground, that's just added that's added gravy, and probably you could throw in maybe three, four, five rushing touchdowns to go with it as his floor. Yeah, they definitely improved the team. Just worry if he's still Deshaun Watson. Um, that's pretty much the only question. The, the situation's right. The game script should be right. Offensive coach, it sounds good. He just needs to perform like himself again to go from there. So I definitely like the shot. I can see myself investing in him at some point. Where do you have Deshaun Watson in your ranks, Jake? Deshaun Watson is currently he's my, my QB ten. He's my QB nine. So okay. we're 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 you know who do you have? Uh, who do you have Deshaun Watson ahead of Dak? I have him ahead of Dak, Tua, Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins. I have Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence. Yep, those Lamar are the guys Jackson that I have, that I have ahead. We're just di- we're different than on Dak and and Deshaun. Yeah, I'm a little down on the, Dak this year. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit. He's boring. He's he's, boring, he's, he's going to get the job done. Yeah, that that's that's pretty much the floor is safe. He kind of killed me though. Limited. He kind of killed people last year though. 
Well, he doesn't run anymore. He doesn't run anymore. It's a little unexciting. It's very unexciting, but it's super safe. Yeah, it's super safe, no doubt. Super safe. The Cowboys offense is going to put put up a ton of points. I don't really care who's running the offense. It could be Kellamore. It could be me. It could be Brian Schottenheimer. It could be you, Jake. The Cowboys offense is going to put up a ton of points regardless. Yeah. And that's what makes Dak still appealing, even though uh, if you li- if you listen to anybody in the NFL stratosphere, uh, he's the worst quarterback that has ever put on a pair of boots and a pair and a jock. He's fine. He's fine. Uh, speaking of Dak, great transition, Jake. Uh, your first one, uh, number nine on our list, Jake Ferguson, tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Look, he's free. There's there you go. Like he'll he probably won't be drafted, and if he does, I'm sure it'll be extremely late in your draft in a position that's really thin, like the tight end position. Dak Prescott loves his tight ends. Haven't seen Dallas bring anybody in. They they drafted Jake Ferguson, what, the third round last year. I did like him coming out of Wisconsin, too. And you kind of saw some flashes uh, at the end of last year. So I, I could see Jake Ferguson in year two really take that leap uh, to be like kind of like Dal- what Dalton Schultz was, maybe a little bit watered down. But he's free. The worst case scenario is he stinks and you get rid of him because you're you're get you're getting him for nothing. So you get rid of him for nothing. It's it's worth finding out here. And you could be getting for free a top 10 fantasy tight end with, with Dak Prescott, particularly in, in full point PPR. Yeah, the only thing that the Cowboys did to improve the tight end position this offseason was they drafted Luke Skomaker out of out of the University of Michigan. Yeah, it's a ro- it's a it's that's a rookie. It's a though. rookie, right. And very rarely do you see rookie tight ends have a significant impact in, in year one. Yes, there could be a a, a mold shatterer this year. Maybe, there, there's going to be a two. there's there's going to be a startable tight end for the Cowboys this year. I find oh, it hard sure. to believe the tight end is not going to be at all at all involved in their offense, especially with Dak Prescott. It always is since the beginning of his career. It's the stat that I repeat all the time in seasons that Dak Prescott has finished. There has been a tight end on the roster that has had at least 90 targets. And yeah, and for if, free, if Dak Prescott is healthy, there's going to be one. And you have a choice of three Skullmaker, Peyton Hendershot, or Jake Ferguson. If I put my money on it, Jake Ferguson was ahead of Peyton Hendershot last year. And now Jake Ferguson, right now, is the de facto number one for the Cowboys until proven otherwise. And like Jake said, he's free. He's free. It's well worth the risk to go ahead and do it at a position where you're looking for difference makers. And if you want a posi- if you want a position and a team where ha- there has always been production, it's the Cowboys and it's their tight end. Always. They always have someone there that is going to be able to contribute in whatever way that they want. They had Jason Witten there for years. They had Dalton Schultz there for years. Could Jake Ferguson be, be the next guy for, for the Cowboys? Yeah, he definitely could be. Yeah, totally agree. And, and he's free. Uh, number eight on our list, I talked about him just so much this offseason, and I think it's well worth pointing him out again. It's Jahan Dotson. It's the receiver for the Washington Commanders. I, I absolutely love the upside that he, that he brings to the table. Again, the only downside really is that the Washington quarterback situation sucks with Sam Howell, but at the Sam Howell situation and, and experiment – does not work. They have Jacoby Brissett back there, and we've seen Jacoby Brissett be really, really productive. Just go back and watch the Cleveland Browns before Deshaun Watson came back. That offense was humming with Jacoby Brissett at times, and the receivers were able to contribute. Uh, you look at the Washington array of options they have there. Terry McLaurin still exists. I get it. But I think Jahan Dotson in year two, you look for these year two breakouts all the time at the receiver position. 
Jahan Dotson could be in a really, really good position to be that. And if Washington could stink and in a division, which could be really, really tight as well, they're going to be throwing the ball a whole heck of a lot. Jahan Dotson could be a sneaky candidate to be a borderline uh, wide receiver to play where he comes down with eight, 900 yards, six, seven touchdowns as his floor. And if he gets more than that, and he's a thousand plus yard receiver, six, seven touchdowns, you're getting a great return on the investment that you put into taking Jahan Dotson, who right now is a borderline uh, wide receiver three in fantasy drafts, which I just think is ridiculous. He's my wide receiver 31 right now in full point PPR. Yeah, I just tend to stay away from guys on bad football teams for the most part. So that would probably lend me lead me towards staying away from him. Also, Sam Howell, we already outlined it. But yeah, they could go to Brissett as well, and Brissett's fine. Uh, Curtis Samuel is still a thing, whether we want to acknowledge him or not. And never, never. Curtis he was. Samuel. He was. He was. He was a. Uh, he he was, was a thing last year. Oh no, he was. He started off the season red hot, and he was. Yeah. People were picking him up left, right, and center. Yeah. So that does worry me with McLaurin as well. I don't know. I just, I, I think any commander's player to me is a little boring. And Dotson also has to stay healthy too. I think he got hurt last year with like a hamstring injury, which yes, I don't did. really love those. So um, yeah, if the price makes sense, I could see myself taking a stab on Dotson, especially if my receiver position is is a little thin and I needed somebody with a little bit more of a higher ceiling than what I have on my bench. Sure. Uh, you're definitely a little higher on him. I don't have the receivers ranked right now. It's still uh, in the works, but that's a fine one. I-, I could see it. I could definitely see it. Just on a whim, Jahan Dotson or Jerry Judy? Uh, I would go Judy. I would go Judy. That's close. Uh, Dotson or Jordan Addison? Addison. Better I would offense. Go, I would go Dotson. Yeah. Dotson or – I just think Dotson has a chance to be the number one in Washington where – Addison will never be the number one in Minnesota. Pending, of course, something doesn't happen to Justin Jefferson. Uh, Jahan Dotson or our good buddy, Hollywood. Dotson. Uh, by how much? A million? Never Hollywood. The answer is never Hollywood. <laughs> never Hollywood. Uh, Jahan Dotson or Michael Pittman? I think I would go Dotson. It's close. It's really close. It's really close. I, I would go Dotson. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess. Okay, well, let, let me let me give you this one then. If it's Gardner Minshew, who if we it's know Minshew, can throw the if football. It's Min, yeah, if it's Minshew, it's give me give me uh Pittman. Pittman. If it's Richardson, I'm not sure if he can throw at this level yet. So right, right. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. If it's if it is Minshew, I would go Pittman. If it's Richardson, I would go Dotson. I'll give you one more here. Dotson or Kadarius Tony. Dotson. Dotson. I'm out on Tony. He's is, okay. is he ever going to play? Uh, uh, he's going to do more talking on the old Twitter machine about the New York Giants than than he is actually going to play football. So uh, number seven, Jake. Zay Flowers, the Baltimore Ravens. I like him a lot. I think he's going to be their best receiver, personally. Love them out of the draft. Um, just yards after the catch, explosive plays, crisp route runner, available, Rashad Bateman, never healthy, Odell Beckham Jr., let's face it, getting older, also has an issue staying on the field. So give, give me some Zay Flowers. I right, Listen, I, I, I couldn't agree 
more with anything you just said. I, I think Bateman as number one receiver, sure, it's nice on paper. Is he worth the stab? Sure, I guess. He's free, so why not? But there's a receiver that I think holds the keys to being who's the guy that's most likely to be a wide receiver too, if anything, in this Baltimore Ravens offense. It's a flowers because we see Lamar Jackson completely uncork it and he's got the ability to do it. And who's the guy that we're going to take the shot on that's going to be your deep ball, go route, go get it receiver? I would say it's it, it, it's Zay Flowers. And while Bateman is the number one on the depth chart right now, that is so fluid. It could be any one of the three receivers. It could be Bateman. It could be uh, Odell. It could be Zay Flowers that could end up being the number one um, receiver. Now, the number one pass catcher, of course, is is Mark Andrews. They're going to run the ball pretty consistently, I would I would imagine, in Baltimore. That's basically what their offense is going to be predicated on with 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 Todd Munkin. But I think Zay Flowers, the the upside there, tremendous, tremendous, yep. tremendous upside. Zay Flowers is a top fifty receiver for me, but we're talking a guy that could very easily be in the wide receiver two conversation. That's just how high the ceiling is with him. Yep, you sing into the choir. Number six on the list, Chris Olave of the New Orleans Saints. He's a top 12 receiver for me. And if you uh, looked at the Fantasy Pros column that came out last week on high upside players, the first sentence that I put in that column is that Chris Olave would be a first round pick in fantasy next year. I believe it. I don't buy the Michael Thomas crap that he's going to be healthy, ready to go. He's aching to play football. No, Michael Thomas doesn't play football anymore. Chris Olave is the guy. He was able to do what he did last year, over 1,000 yards, four touchdowns only, but that was with the absolute disaster that the Saints had at the quarterback position last year with Sheamus and then Andy Dalton and then Taysom Hill at times. It's just a nightmare. Now you have Derek Carr in there, while unexciting. He's going to be able to get Chris Olave the ball pretty consistently. And you look at the you look at the defenses that are in the NFC South, there really aren't that many that are really, you know, going to impose fear into me that's going to say, oh, wow, maybe I should sit Chris Olave this week. The one corner really is Marshawn Lattimore, who is on his team. Sure, he'll he'll have tough matchups against AJ Terrell and, and JC Horn in there. Those are four of his of his matchups right there. But th- they they don't that doesn't really worry me because I think Olave is still going to be good enough. He's really really good. He's a superstar. He's going to be able to absolutely improve on that four touchdown mark from a year ago. And if Derek Carr is consistently going to be Derek Carr, I don't think that you know twelve hundred and nine is out of the question for Olave. I think that this could be a really, really, really boom play for fantasy managers. And you're taking him in the third round right now. That that's if the, if that if there's a better value than that in the first 40 picks, I, I dare you to go and find that. The only worry is the off chance of Michael Thomas returning to form and being healthy, which I guess there's the sliver of hope. But sure. that would be my only worry. If Olave is, if you're telling me we're getting Olave as de facto number one wide receiver of the Saints for 12 plus games this year, which could very well happen, he's going to have a monster season, an absolute monster season. And Michael Thomas will be far out of New Orleans next year to where your prediction could come true. Yeah. 
Yeah, that 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 honestly is probably the only reason why he's in round three right now is because that there is that Michael Thomas. Demon. Yeah, he would probably be a round two pick if there was no Michael Thomas hovering. Oh, around. for sure, for sure. Like I have him as my wide receiver twelve. He would be. I he would definitely be, be definitely be above Jalen Waddle. I don't know if I would have him above AJ Brown and Amon Ross St. Brown. No, I don't, no, no, I don't no, no, know. No. So he would probably be my wide receiver, my wide receiver eleven. But then in the overalls, let's see, we just I just have him. He he's twenty fourth in the in the overalls, so he would be closer to being a two three turn pick instead of being comfortably in in the early mm-hmm. part of round three. Yep, I hear. All right, all right, Jake. This is one. This is a guy we both love. Number five, Rashad White, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, first of all, competition for carries is pretty non-existent. Who's really taking away the work? And also, this is a team where they they could be pretty terrible this year with, with Baker Mayfield. And what does Baker Mayfield love to do? He likes to dink and dunk. And when teams are terrible in garbage time, guess guess what they love to do? Dink and dunk if they're throwing the ball. Rashad White is a receiving running back here that doesn't have much competition and he's effective, especially on passing downs. So the ceiling in PPR for him is astronomical. I get it. It's not a good football team. They won't score a ton. That's fine. But I think he'll overcome not scoring a whole lot with his catches and the PPR upside. So Rashad white is a guy that's what's his current overall. I believe he's like the 60, 57th player available. Uh, 57th. He's going 65th right now in the ADP, according to fantasy pros. 65th. I mean, Rashad White has real legitimate top 20 fantasy running back upside for me. I I have him ranked right now as my RB. I have him as my RB 21. I could definitely, I would not be surprised if Rashad White outscored Aaron Jones and Jameer Gibbs this year. That's how high I am on him. I have Rashad White as my RB 22, and and I couldn't agree more, Jake. I mean, if you look at the receivers, uh, the receivers, the running backs that are in his range, the Aaron Jones, Cam Akers, Rashad White, James Conner, Damian Pierce group. Who's the guy? Who's the leader in the clubhouse that's going to have the most catches out of that group? It's Rashad White. He's got true 60-65 catch upside. I have him projected right now for 49. You're talking a guy that you're going to get in round seven that has, in full point PPR, that has 60 catch upside? That's ridiculous. You are crazy if you're not looking that way. And I get it. The Bucs offense unappealing with Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask, whomever the hell it's going to be. I get it. But that sort of statistical upside, you got to take the chance on that. You're crazy if you don't. Now, what you're getting out of the runner, what you're getting out of the runner in Rashad White, I I think that's yet to really be seen. He was, I I don't think he's going to get a thousand yards on the ground. Personally, I I have a tough time believing it. Yeah, I do too. Let me just see what I have uh, projected at. With his rushing yards, I haven't projected for I haven't projected for 211 carries for 834 rushing yards. Yeah, I, I think that 850 to 950 range is is pretty accurate. I have a tough time believing the Bucks will be playing enough games this year where they can have somebody rush for a thousand yards. Agreed. But does he have the potential to be total a 13, 1400 yard guy? Yes, yeah. he does. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yes, he does. And if you and, and then if you include eight, nine total touchdowns, I mean you're getting that in round seven. That's great. Yeah, it's a slam dunk. It's just people are afraid of the Bucks offense, and that's our chance as a fantasy manager. Now let to me let, now let me ask you this. Back here. 
let me ask you this now. Say say you're going zero RB any way you He's want. Perfect. Would you would you be comfortable perfect. then taking Rashad White as your RB one? Listen, if you're if you're telling me that I can go zero RB and I can have a, a backfield of Rashad White and let's go with Isaiah Pacheco, I'm feeling very confident if my receivers are just locked and loaded mm-hmm. PPR gods. Hell, hell, you may you may even get the chance to go, you know, say say you go Cooper Cup and then Travis Kelsey right at right at the one two at right at the one two turn and then you're just loading up on on receivers then maybe maybe you get lucky and you get uh Olave and then uh DK Metcalf let's just say yeah and then you're starting your draft Cup Metcalf Olave Kelsey and then you go with one of the top quarterbacks maybe you go a Jalen Hurts or a Joe Burrow and then you start your running back group with Rashad White I mean, how, how That's do you very not good. say no? How do you not say yes to that? If it, if you could pull it off, if you could pull it off, yeah. If you and, could pull and those it are off. just those are just you know some options. I mean, you could go any which way you want. I mean, it's just it's such an appealing group that I'm I'm like oh, and Rashad White, yes, yeah, big 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 yes. Uh, number four for me, a T Higgins. From the Cincinnati Bengals, playing for his cash. His quarterback is Joe Burrow. He's going to be a lock for a thousand yards. The only the only question that I have with Higgins are going to be, you know, what kind of touchdown return are we talking about? But if he's six seven touchdown guy with over a thousand yards, that's a great return right there. And then if you know, God forbid, something were to happen to Jamar Chase. T. Higgins is a locked is a locked and loaded top seven eight play at the receiver position every single week. So the ceiling just right there is tremendous. Yeah. He's in a great position as the wide receiver two in Cincinnati as it is. But if you could then get him as potentially the wide receiver one, if something were to happen with Jamar Chase, the ceiling is tremendous. And again, I don't, I don't, I'm not in the business of projecting or you know hoping for injuries or saying, oh, you know, you need a guy to get injured in order for this guy to be super, super productive. But T. Higgins is going to be productive regardless of what happens with Jamar Chase. But if something were to happen with Jamar Chase, the productivity just becomes five times what it's already going to be. I don't want to sound like a broken record because I've been really hyping up T. Higgins a little bit uh, fairly recently as well. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite round two targets, but love guys playing for their cash. Love guys on good football teams. He just checks a lot of boxes of what I would want with my fantasy players. So uh, did no complaints here with T Higgins. I'm, I'm very on board. I'll have Higgins somewhere this year where I don't know, but I, I would be surprised if I didn't have him at least in one spot. T Higgins or Devonta Smith, Jake Higgins, T Higgins or Jalen Waddle. Waddle T Higgins or DK Metcalf. Higgins. Higgins or Amon or St. Brown? St. Brown. Okay. So he's a he's a borderline wide receiver one for you. Yeah. Higgins or Alave? That's close. It's very close. Back to back for me. <sighs> Probably go Alave. I would go Alave. That's who I have. Alave is my wide receiver 12. Higgins my wide receiver 13. In the overalls, I have Higgins right now at 29th overall. So at the 3-4 turn. Yep. Number three, a good friend of mine, Tony Pollard, Jake. 
Dallas Cowboys running back. Honestly, you know what Tony po- Tony Pollard to me reminds me a lot of Austin Eckler when Austin Eckler took over the RB one job for the Chargers. Right, was always mm-hmm. behind Melvin Gordon for a few years. Was always very efficient. Just didn't really get the workload to warrant it. It's always a high end handcuff, and now. Tony Pollard's just the unquestioned RB1 for the Cowboys playing for his cash this year, nonetheless. What's there not to love with Tony Pollard? Would you be surprised? I think Tony Pollard has true top five upside for a fantasy running back this year, especially in PPR formats, because that's where he excelled before he became the unquestioned RB1 for the Dallas Cowboys. So you're getting a guy in the mid to late second round that could be a top five running back. You're looking at a guy that's going to be on a lot of fantasy championship teams should he stay healthy this year in Tony Pollard. I'm, I, I, It's just really the health that I would have any questions about, but overall skills and opportunity, Pollard's going to rock this year if he's available. So, Jake, I want to give you two players, okay? And I want you to identify these players for me. From their 2022 numbers, player A, 204 carries, 915 rushing yards, four and a half yards per clip, 13 rushing touchdowns, 107 catches on 127 targets, 722 receiving yards, and five touchdowns. That's player A. Player B, 193 carries, 1,007 yards rushing, 5.2 yards per clip, and nine rushing touchdowns on 39 catches for 55 targets, 371 receiving yards, and three touchdowns. Jake, can you name player A and player B for me? I'm not going to be able to get these right. Um, Take a stab. Is player A Joe Mixon? No. What division? The AFC West. You may have just said him. Austin Eckler. Player A is Austin Eckler. Who's player B? Same division? Player B. NFC East. AFC East? NFC East. NFC East. We might be talking about him right now. What am I thinking about here? We might be talking. We might be talking about this player right now. Did I did I skip over my notes here? NFC East. Mm Mm-hmm. We might be talking about him right now. Oh, brother. NFC East. Zeke? Same team. Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard. Oh, uh, dude, that was a a trick question. It was. Player A is Austin Eckler. Player B is Tony Pollard. Their numbers are almost identical if you take away the insane receiving numbers that Austin Eckler brings to the table. So if Tony Pollard could be on the field more and they utilize him more in the passing game, I'm not talking about Tony Pollard being a 100-catch guy. That That is an obscene projection. But if Tony Pollard could up his receiving numbers to be a 60, 70-catch guy in the Cowboys' offense, I, we could be talking about a locked and loaded top five. Yeah. Player, not, not, not even not even running back, player, because of how good the Cowboys offense is. I'm on board. I really am. I, I the man, the man. He he he's cash. Go and invest in Tony Pollard, and keep your fingers crossed. 
but they don't bring in any other running back. They haven't done it yet. They haven't done it yet. But I just have had this little inkling of doubt that they're gonna they're gonna do it. But he seems ready for the challenge. He said it himself. He said, I'm, I can handle whatever this team wants to throw at me. And I love that spirit. Good for you, Tony. Good, good, good man. Uh, number two for me, Kyle Pitts. We, we spent the entire offseason yeah, talking about him. about Kyle Pitts. We spent the entire offseason talking about Kyle Pitts. I don't need to bang the drum anymore. I love Kyle Pitts. Jake loves Kyle Pitts. Adam does not like Kyle Pitts. Don't listen to Adam. Listen to us. Kyle Pitts, the ceiling is tremendous. This is a guy that we could be talking about as a 70-80 catch tight end. That's the upside. And 7-8 touchdowns, if he can get that. If this Atlanta offense, right, is going to be as good as we think it is going to be, hopefully, you know, Desmond Ritter comes through and all. If he does, and this Falcons team is really good, with the, on paper, Heineke would be pretty decent for this team, too. Yeah. The, the, on, on paper, this team is good. They have a good defense. They have a good offensive line. They have good skill position players. They have a great running back. They just need the quarterback to come through. If Desmond Ritter comes through and he's going to be productive for fantasy, guess what? Kyle Pitts is going to be super productive for fantasy. Now, the touchdowns, they are going to need to jump drastically. He's going to need a monster uptick in those in those touchdowns, and kind of low key, he's got to be able to, he's got to be able to stay on the field because now you know we're start we're starting to have a little bit of worry with the MCL that he hurt at the end of the season. He's coming into training camp with with the brace on it. I'm not worried about it as of, as of yet, but the durability is a little worrying. If I have maybe one concern. Kyle Pitts, maybe they have, they have to. You do not spend a fourth overall pick on a guy and then you just don't use him. And that's exactly what the Falcons have done up to up to this point. They just needed a quarterback that is going to be able to consistently get him and Drake London, who I think has a relatively high ceiling as well, get them the ball. And I think Desmond Ritter, if you believe everything that's coming out of Atlanta, they genuinely believe that he is the guy. And again, I say this all the time. Regardless of what you feel about a certain player, if a team is telling you they believe in that player, you put your personal feelings aside and you listen to the team. It is the classic Christian Kirk argument from a year ago where nobody, Jake and I included, wanted to believe that Christian Kirk was worth $18 million a year. But the Jaguars told us that Christian Kirk is our number one receiver and we are going to use him as such. That's why Jake and I were slamming the desk for Christian Kirk. And it worked out. It's the same situation here in Atlanta. That the Falcons are telling us that Desmond Ritter is their guy. They're going to ride with Desmond Ritter. And whether you like it or not, you could believe in it or not. I'm choosing to believe in the Falcons, that the Falcons are right, that Desmond Ritter could be ready to go. And if he is, it's going to be super beneficial to the likes of Drake London and, of course, our love, Kyle Pitts. Well said. I don't think you really missed anything. <laughs> Honestly, 
I uh, it's just all about availability and just if Ritter just can be somewhat decent. I think Heineke might be a little bit better for this offense, to be honest with you. I think I would like it a little bit more if Heineke was their day one starter, but um, definitely a big on pitch this year. Definitely. Uh, in the overalls, Jake, in full point PPR, Kyle Pitts or Christian Watson? Pitts. I would go Watson, but close. Pitts or Chris Godwin? Pitts. I would go Pitts. Kyle Pitts or Damian Pierce? Pitts. I would go Pitts. Pitts or Aaron Jones? Jones. I would go Jones as well. Tyler Lockett or Kyle Pitts? In full. I mean Lockett. Lockett's safe. I would go Lockett as well. Pitts or DJ Moore? Pitts. I would go Pitts. I'll give you I'll give you one more here. Kyle Pitts or Cam Akers. Akers. I would go Akers as well. I would go Akers as well. And the number one guy on our list, it'd only be fitting if we had a New York Jet on this program. It is Garrett Wilson. Jake, floor is yours. Well, it was interesting. You know what Aaron Rodgers told Peter King today? He said that he restructured his contract uh just in case somebody became available at the trade deadline this year. Gee, I wonder who that might be. Uh, per- perhaps a friend. And it's not Randall Cobb. Listen, listen, I will not accept any Randall, Co- Randall Cobb slander on this podcast. That's a hero. Yeah. But for now, Garrett Wilson is the Jets' number one receiver, and the chemistry has already been there in practice, too. Those two were just clicking on all cylinders. I mean, Garrett Wilson put up 1,100 yards last year with the worst quarterbacks, I think, in the last like 10 years. Or so it was just Mike that White, bad. Zach Wilson. Yeah, like it, it was that bad. Now he's got this guy, Aaron Rodgers. And what does Aaron Rodgers do? Forces the football to the number one wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Good. It, it, it's just like, and you're drafting this guy in the second round. Garrett Wills could be a top five fantasy receiver this year. It could be a top seven fantasy pick next year. I, I Look, I want Devontae Adams here. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Adams would throw things off. Uh, he would. He would. But as of now, Garrett Wilson is going to absolutely kill. He's probably as safe as you can get in the second round of your fantasy draft this year. Um, yes. And I, I, honestly, if you're in the, the New York metropolitan area, if you could take Garrett Wilson in the mid to late second round, uh, you have to do that. I, I think there are going to be some overzealous Jet fa- Jets fans in, in your drafts that maybe are going to uh, – want to take Garrett Wilson a little high. And that's where I would say, you know what? If they're going to do that and they're going to let someone like Tyree Kill or, or Stefan Diggs potentially fall into your lap, that's awesome. Great. I, yeah. I could see I could see Wilson outscore Diggs this year. I definitely I could. Uh, yeah, I definitely could. It, it's in the cards. It's Hill, the I'm cards. Not, Hill, I'm not entirely sure. That I, that I have a little bit of a tough time buying. But I don't see Garrett Wilson getting past the top four. I don't see him getting past Jefferson, Chase, Cup, or Hill. But I, I, after I that, could see. Oh, I Jake. could see Chase if Higgins has that big of a year. It'll be close, but I could see it if if you if we really like Higgins as much as we like Higgins. I I could maybe see it. Sure. Okay. Sure. Unlikely, but sure. I see the argument. But then outside of that. When you start bringing in Diggs, 
Adams. I honestly, I think the best comp might actually be CD. And that's the guy that I've been really just going back and forth on the entire I take Wilson. I mean, look, if what would you be shocked? Like, look at Devontae Adams' season with Aaron, his seasons with Aaron Rodgers. Like, mm-hmm. they're the best in fantasy. Uh, yeah. Well, just real quick for a wrap up, how how good how good would this Jets offense be with Devontae Adams? Uh, it would it would be absolutely ridiculous. But if Devontae were to go anywhere, I think it would probably be the Jets. Probably be back with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, probably. How how long do you do? You, how long do you give Adams for he wants out of Las Vegas? Oh, uh, uh, probably about a month. <laughs> with that, Josh that, McDaniels, that place, that place is just is just su- is just such a mess. So the last year at Devontae Adams with Aaron Rodgers. His career best season in terms of catches, equal on targets, most in yards, and then 11 touchdowns, not the 18 that he had in 2020. This is 2021 numbers with Aaron Rodgers. 123 targets, 169, 123 yards, uh, receptions, I'm an idiot, 169 targets, 1,553 yards, 12.6 yards per clip. And 11 touchdowns. That right there, if if Aaron Rodgers has anything left, and I believe he does. I'm not saying that he doesn't, but there are people that will say that he doesn't, what, what, have, but, doesn't but, have much yeah. left to give. What happened though the last time they said that? That's true. The man, the man <laughs> did win back-to-back MVPs. I think Aaron Rodgers is more motivated than he has been in Ever. a long time. I, I genuinely believe that. But you then let's not even bring Devontae Adams into the mix. Let's stick with Garrett Wilson. You have Garrett Wilson that could maybe be half of that. Let's just say Garrett Wilson is 110 catches, 1,200 yards, 910 touchdowns. <laughs> I mean, that's that's just stupid. And he's he's got that he's got that upside. That's like the craziest part of all is that yeah, we're speculating, but he has that significant upside. I have him down right now. My projections for him. 91 catches, 1173 yards and eight touchdowns. That is I'm I think for that. that's a baseline. You start now talking about Garrett Wilson and start bringing him into potentially 100-catch conversation. And he is able to put up 100 catches, 1,200 yards, and eight, nine touchdowns. <laughs> I mean, yeah. how, how how do you not sign up for that? This we'll is I, I, I listen. She wants this out there on the record. I am the first person to laugh, if not cry of laughter, when the New York Jets inevitably become the New York Jets. What can go wrong will go wrong with this franchise. Eventually, oh. it all falls they, apart. They, hey, listen, man. They said that about the Red Sox at one point. They said true. about the Cubs at one point. Very true. This leads me to the next point. It just feels different. It does feel different. And this is from an outsider. 
It's from an outsider that is looking in. I do not associate myself with the New York Jets in any particular way. But it just, to me, it feels different. Is Aaron Rodgers considered a Jet if he wins the Super Bowl? Aaron Rodgers would be considered. I said, oh man, he would be. I he really would got to be careful with what I say. <laughs> he would. Aaron Rodgers to be. I will leave everybody with this point. Aaron Rodgers would be a top five New York sports legend if he wins a Super Bowl with the New York Jets. Arguably number one. Arguably number one. I uh, yeah, sure. He he would be in the same class as Derek Jeter, Mark Messier, Patrick Ewing, uh, Luke Gehrig, Mike Piazza. In terms oh, forget of forget Piazza, who well, I mean, cares you're about talking the about, Mets? I mean, who, okay, okay. Who would you say is more important or more significant of a New York Met? Mike Piazza or David Wright? Who the hell cares? Are the Mets? They never won anything. There's, a, there's always every team has someone. Eli Manning for the Giants. Aaron Rodgers would be that guy for for the New York Jets. He would be. That's point blank, period. Nice way to end. A very nice way to end. So that's going to be it for this edition of the Basement Talk Podcast Fan Show. Stay tuned for more episodes later this week. Adam and I will be recording a top 20 films of all time. I'll be putting down my top 20. He'll be putting down his top 20. So we'll be discussing 40 films. It's going to be awesome. And then Adam and I will be back with a Basement Talk Podcast Fan Show to end the week uh, a couple of quick notes before we go uh so keep submitting your questions to the mailbag we'll be doing a mailbag within the next two weeks as we are gearing up for fantasy draft season any draft questions any life questions any anything questions please submit them they are much much appreciated they will be read we will be emptying out the mailbag we will be doing a one big fat mailbag at some point where we'll be going for probably two hours because who cares the mailbag is great so for Jake Simone, I'm Bird. Thank you so much for listening to the Basement Talk Podcast Fans Show, and we will catch you on the next one. Bye-bye.